William Kenny is a professor of music at Bucknell University, where he has taught for the past 30 years. Bill Kenny is also the founder and conductor of the Penn Central Wind Band, an all-volunteer organization sponsored by Bucknell University as a service to the region. Founded in 1994, the Penn Central Wind Band is one of the few select ensembles to have been awarded the Silver Sudler Scroll, awarded by the John Philip Sousa Foundation of Concert Bands. The Penn Central Wind Band will be presenting two free concerts, each with its own theme, in the upcoming weeks. On Wednesday, July the 5th, the annual patriotic, rousing, foot-stamping sounds of Stars, Stripes and Sousa as the band performs for the Lewisburg Arts Council Music in the Park series at the St. Mary Park Pavilion on North 15th Street in Lewisburg. And then their 30th anniversary concert on Saturday, July the 29th. Bill Kenny came into the WVIA studio in Lewisburg to tell us more about the Penn Central Wind Band and these two upcoming concerts. Tell us about the Penn Central Wind Band. When was it formed and why? And what sort of band is it for people who aren't sure what a wind band is? Yeah, let's start with that one, Fiona. Essentially, a wind band is a collection of players that play woodwind instruments such as the flute and the clarinet and the oboe and the saxophone and the bassoon. I hate to leave any out because folks in my band will be sure to comment on it. And also the brass instruments that people know well, trumpets and trombones, etc. And then also percussion instruments. So essentially, in many ways, it can function like an orchestra, but instead of having strings play all those intricate parts, it might have the clarinets play those intricate parts. In this particular case, the band is comprised mainly of professional musicians and music teachers, some of whom have gone to amazing conservatories, wonderful university programs, others that are just incredibly talented amateur players that come together mostly in the summer months to make music together. So that's the ensemble. Usually we have about 40 to 45 players on stage for any given performance and that holds true for the one that's coming up here on July 5th. I think he's asked about when. Well this is actually the band's 30th season so almost 30 years ago which when I started the band I would have had no idea that we'd still be doing it. I was a very young director. I was relatively new at Bucknell. I realized there wasn't a lot going on in the summers musically, particularly for my friends that played trumpets and clarinet. And I thought, let's get these guys together. They grew up playing in bands, and many of them were no longer playing in bands for a number of reasons. Sometimes it was scheduling because they were teachers or whatever, and they didn't have time to perform regularly with one of the local bands, or they wanted a different kind of repertoire, or any number of reasons. So somehow... Many of these players that were on that first concert 30 years ago are still in the band. Uh, we continue to get together to make music, typically three performances a year for the most part. I guess you also asked a little bit more about why. 
well, as I said, I was a young director and I, I wanted to do some of this crazy repertoire that as talented as my Bucknell students are, that maybe we couldn't quite approach in the same way. So that's sort of what got us into this business. And uh, I'm really happy 30 years later that it's kind of become a very wonderful, caring musical community. And this is sort of a landmark year for us. This will be our 25th Music in the Park concert. I'm not sure if our first few concerts were even called Music in the Park when this started. The person that instigated this was named Barbara Crone. She was a family friend, and she was anxious to see if we could get more activity in Huffnagel Park. So I said, sure, I think I can get the band there. And the band at that point had been in existence for four or five years. And I remember those early concerts, the park just being full of people. And it was just such a wonderful event. Some of my favorite memories of conducting the band are standing on the podium, looking at the band with, sadly, the now no longer there gazebo, with some of the band members on the gazebo and most of the band in front of it, looking at the band, looking at the gazebo, seeing the clouds in the background, moving almost with the music. It was just a really wonderful small-town Americana vision to me. And playing this music much of which hadn't been heard or hasn't been heard very much in, in many, many years, was just a wonderful treat. So that's how we started. So this is, our, as I said, our 25th time. And we, I'm proud to say that even during COVID, we performed. We didn't play in the park. I invited band members that were so interested and available to come to my house and play in our yard. It was rather surreal, I think, because we'd only been in the pandemic about four months at that point. So we didn't know exactly what we could or should be doing. But I think I had about 25 players come. We didn't rehearse. They brought some of them, brought their family members. We played some of our favorites. And then we sort of went our separate ways, almost without even talking to each other. But I told the players, I said, I just couldn't bear not having our own music in the park, even for that year. So I'm counting that as one of our 25. I think my very first music in the park when I first came here was the Penn Central Wind Band. And coming from the British tradition, music played in a gazebo with a wind band or a brass band is something I was so used to seeing. And then for many years in America, I really didn't see it much. And there was this wonderful thing happening in Huffnagel Park. And I was so excited and it was such a great experience. The park was crowded and there were people sitting there knitting and children running around. It's a wonderful atmosphere. I couldn't agree more. I'd love to turn around and, and see the kids on the playground equipment, maybe their parents keeping half an eye on them and half an eye on the, on the band. And that, that's totally fine with me. I think anytime we can share music together, share our musical heritage together, and that includes when we program music from across the pond, I think it can only be a good thing. That's something that I think about a lot as I program for a concert such as this one. A, a few months ago, I gave a, a talk accompanied with a concert that was called Music for the Head, Music for the Heart, and Music for the Feet. And as a conductor who does programming for the ensembles, I often try to find music that either embraces all three of those things simultaneously or maybe focuses more on the heart, or in this case, the feet. So I think if we can get the feet moving, we're doing something right. Can you give us an idea of what you might be offering us? Yes, I can. Of course, if a program is called Star Stripes and Sousa, there's probably going to be some music by John Philip Sousa. So we're going to start with a rarely heard march called The Charlatan. Have you ever heard of it? No, I don't think I have. Um, Sousa wrote over 100 <laughs> marches. And the other day I was trying to think of how many of his marches have I played or conducted? And of that 100, it's still a fraction, really. So 
knowing that my players have played lots of marches over the accumulation of their many years, in some cases decades, of playing their instruments, I often try to find something maybe that's a little more obscure, but that I still think is kind of interesting. And when you write so many marches, I suppose some might be more inspired than the others. You know, we can think of Sousa's, of course, Stars and Stripes Forever, Semper Fidelis, the Washington Post, you know, that list goes on, but there's also marches like the Charlatan, again, that I think most folks haven't really heard of, unless they're sort of Sousa files, right? Right. So again, I like to give my players something that I'm guessing they haven't played before. And I think it's a challenge in that even perhaps a somewhat less inspired march, if it's played really well, can get those feet moving too. So that's how we'll kick it off. I think we'll follow up by another march, probably less known composer, J.C. Heed. That's H-E-E-D for those that want to look him up. Another great march called In Storm and Sunshine. Well, I love the symbolism of the title in part. It'll be appropriate, I suppose, if we play that march and it starts to rain or else the clouds clear. So we perform in storm and sunshine. I don't think you probably want to hear a rundown of the entire program, but a few other highlights breaking away a little bit from the band tradition. We're going to do an orchestral transcription of the overture to the marriage of Figaro and such transcriptions have a long history in the band world. They give particularly the woodwinds a real workout. It's one thing to play some of those figures on the violin. It's another thing to play them on the clarinet. And I have such great players. It's really fun to see what they do with all that. I want to mention a piece that I'm sure you've heard, Fiona, the Star-Spangled Banner. So usually concerts, at least that I've been associated with, when the Star-Spangled Banner is performed, that opens the concert. Right. And that that can be a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. But it also can be sort of like, okay, here's the Star-Spangled Banner, and then the concert starts. So I put it in the middle of the program. For one thing, it'll give the audience an opportunity to stand up and stretch. And for another thing, it's orchestrated and arranged by John Williams. So it's a pretty theatrical take, I think wonderfully theatrical, oh, that's on wonderful. the Star-Spangled Banner. There's been a lot of talk in the music world about John Williams and his remarkable work. Yeah, I think it's going to be even heard about even more with the Raiders of the Lost Ark movie that's coming out. Right. I think in just a few days. I think. Right. What a remarkable man. Yeah. What does someone like John Williams do with the Star Spangled? I mean, is there much you can do with it? It's so iconic. What can you do? Yeah. Um, I think we both have heard versions where it's been stretched, in our, at least in my opinion, too much. Yes. <laughs> it's still maybe recognizable, but maybe somehow the underlying melody or, or harmonies or meaning, for lack of a better word, can be lost or maybe put aside right. for something more grand or somehow just different. So Williams, in his typical fashion, adds some fanfares, some wonderful percussion beats. It's entirely recognizable. I think, of course, I programmed it, so I'm going to say this. I think it's very tastefully done, but with with typical John Williams heart and yes. soul yeah. embedded in it. Well, I think it'll be exciting for us to play. It's it's one of the few things that we I've ever programmed, I think, that has six individual trumpet parts. So fortunately, I have six players in, on the trumpet section, so we'll get it covered. So if you're not going to have the Star Spangled Banner at the beginning, you're not going to have it at the end, what are you going to do? Our last piece on the program is called The World is Waiting for the Sunrise. Another amazing march. And it's essentially a paraphrase of a tune that was popular earlier in the 20th century. Frankly, Fiona, I didn't know the tune. I only knew the march. 
it is written by a March composer. Well, not just a March composer, but the composer Harry Alford, written in the mid-30s, at least his version, with the vocal version, the song, I think, dating from maybe around 1915 or so. And one of the reasons I selected it is because, here again, I loved the title. The earlier march in Storm and Sunshine, and now we have The World is Waiting for the Sunrise. And I think that's kind of an, a wonderful gesture. You know, the, the country is going through, has gone through so much. That's always been the case. But I wanted to end with something entirely optimistic about a sunrise. And I, I, think, I think that is a, well, again, I chose it, and I chose it at the end, so I think it's an appropriate choice. It's also wonderful for the time of year in that we've just gone past the summer solstice. Yes. So, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. People have been waiting for the sunrise in the last few weeks. That's exactly right. So we might have another Susan March to play as an encore, um, or we might not. We'll, we'll see how the crowd responds. I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll want an encore. This is all going to take place in the Lewisburg Recreation Park. It'll be clearly signposted. If by any chance there is rain, which we've seen quite a bit of this summer, we're going to be convening in a rather special place. I never want music in the park to be held indoors, but I have to tell you, I'm a little bit excited about where we get to go if it is raining. Yeah, we have to make the rain call at noon on, the, on that day, no later than noon, because of all the stuff that we have to move, chairs, stands, timpani, etc. So I was really happy that my colleagues here at Bucknell were able to make the Weiss Center for the Performing Arts available for us and for our audiences. We've gone indoors before, but typically it's been at the old Lewisburg High School, currently the, the green space, which was a wonderful option to have. But since Bucknell has been my home academically for so many years, and I've done many, many concerts on the stage of the Weiss Center, there's something about being there that I think would be wonderful. And there might, it might bring people that haven't gone to a Weiss Center performance during the academic year, maybe they've never been in the Weiss Center, but they might come to hear the band play some music that's celebrating Independence Day. It's so kind of Bucknell and so generous of the Weiss Center to offer this. So thank you very much to them. And as you say, a gorgeous space to listen to you. So if we're not blessed with beautiful outdoor weather, we'll be blessed with a gorgeous venue. Yeah, and I would just add, Fiona, if, if we do go indoors, I would encourage people to bring their kids still. It's not a formal, stuffy concert. We'll check the bow ties at the door. <laughs> no need to wear your cocktail dress unless you really want to. <laughs> that would be fine, but we'll hope that it's red, white, and blue. This won't be your only concert this summer. I know you've got another concert coming up later in July. Yes, that will be on Saturday, July 29th. I think that's at 7.30 in the evening. And that concert will be in the Weiss Center. So we don't have to worry about weather for that one. That will be our 30th anniversary concert. I have to say, Fiona, I haven't programmed for that concert yet. We want to get through next week first. And in part because it's our 30th anniversary there's so many pieces that I'd like to program, perhaps again, to kind of recall some of the history of the band. It won't be as Americana-centric. There'll be some masterwork sorts of pieces that were written specifically for band. But you can bet, as in every one of our concerts to date, there will be some rousing marches as well. Bill Kenny speaking about the Penn Central Wind Band. We have two opportunities to enjoy the Penn Central Wind Band this Wednesday, July the 5th, as part of the Lewisburg Arts Council's Music in the Park series. 
The Music in the Park concerts are held at St Mary's Park Pavilion on North 15th Street in Lewisburg and begin at 7pm. Should there be rain, the concert will be held at the Wise Centre for the Performing Arts on the grounds of Bucknell University in Lewisburg. To stay up to date on Music in the Park in Lewisburg, visit the Lewisburg Arts Council Facebook page or the website lewisburgartscouncil.org. On Saturday, July the 29th, beginning at 7.30pm, the Penn Central Wind Band will be offering a free 30th anniversary concert at the Wise Centre for the Performing Arts on the grounds of Bucknell University in Lewisburg. Tickets are not required for either concert. Both concerts are free. Music in the Park, Wednesday, July the 5th, at St Mary's Park Pavilion, on North 15th Street in Lewisburg. Saturday, July the 29th, at the Wise Centre for the Performing Arts in Lewisburg. Many thanks to Bill Kenny. And many thanks to you, WVI's Fiona Powell, as we hear Bill Kenny and the Penn Central Wind Band. Bugler's Holiday, Leroy Anderson, 